Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I'm joined by two regulars of the podcast, our tech editors, Alex Evans and Tom Marvin, but I'm also joined by a newcomer to the podcast, Gary Walker, who is our sub-editor on Bike Radar. Gary, how are you today? Um, very well, thank you. Although I uh, I limped into the studio today uh, because I ran a half marathon in a ridiculously quick for me time yesterday. So a I'm in a world of pain. A wonderful humble brag. To you only uh, have yourself podcast. to blame. I, I do. I should have done <laughs> it on a bike, right? Yes. Uh, and that is very much the topic of today's discussion where we are going to be buying, in inverted commas, Gary's new bike. Um, I think it's been, you know, it's, it's easy for us in our position of privilege in terms of knowledge and access in the industry to take for granted just how complicated it can be uh, buying a new bike, given the, you know, specificity of all the different types of bikes that are out there. So we're going to demystify the process a little bit and hopefully reach cycling nirvana for Gary. But first off, Gary, talk us a little bit about your riding experience today, uh, to date rather, um, your bike, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that uh, since my teenage years, my my passion for cycling has lain fairly dormant up until the beginning of lockdown when, like pretty much everyone else mm. in the UK, I got a bike. Um, my my partner's brother donated to me very generously his, his uh, second-hand Viking Giro d'Italia road bike. Ooh, which, absolute uh, classic dream. of the cycling scene in the UK, a Sports Direct special. <laughs> and uh, it's it's fair to say that the uh, the Schrauber Marathon tyres are probably worth as much, possibly more, than <laughs> than the bike itself. So while it's served me well uh, and been a loyal friend through these last couple of years and, and really opened up a world of kind of possibilities to me in, in terms of getting around Bristol and and getting out there when, when lockdown was on, so I'm, I'm enormously grateful to it. I feel like uh, its race has probably run, it has been run to some extent. So, 
it's time to to uh, bite the bullet and and upgrade. I feel. I have to say, you know, we have a shared bike cage in the uh, the office, and today I rode in. And Alex, you rode a very lovely Marin mountain bike in. I rode my kind of steel wintry commuter. Tom, I don't think you were in at that point, but I have to say, Gary. And, you know, I don't wish to throw shade, but your bike did stand in quite stark contrast. It's in a bit of a sorry state at the minute. <laughs> well, Even well, compared to like the, the whole of our media, not just the cycling floor. Well, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to say that for the first month of working here, I was parking my bike outside around the corner <laughs> purely because I was scared Simon Von Bromley would get would get a look at my chain, which uh, which he did see my chain in all of its rusty glory last week. And uh, He's been hunting you down. He has, and he gave me some stark warnings about my my sort of life expectancy if I kept riding the bike with with the chain in in the condition it's in. So, yeah, I I take the hint, or not even really a hint. Now, before we cut in with what Gary's riding plans are for this year and perhaps how that will shape his bike choice, let's quickly go around the room. What are you up to at the minute, Alex? Well, I've been uh, up to a whole host of exciting things, but... Most importantly, at the minute, I have been testing e-bikes for our e-bike of the year, super mega giant group mm. test of eight bikes, um, which has been really quite interesting. Uh, I've got all the different types of motor um, from Shimano to Bosch to Yamaha to Bros. Um, so the main, the main kind of compelling, compelling main mass market. Whoa, I'm compelled. Compelled. Tom's <laughs> compelled to buy an e-bike right now. He's throwing cash at me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Really, it's um, it's a very uh, it's a very work intensive task, but mm-hmm. it's enjoyable work. One of my favourite things about Alex, I tell everyone this, is you only ever make your Strava rides public <laughs> when you get a KOM or a top ten time, which I think is a fantastic flex. But the thing that always strikes me is just how much riding you do, and I have to say that the thought. Yeah, I, I imagine right now doing all your e-bike testing, you're getting a whole lot of climbing and riding in. Yes, yeah. The the aim is to Everest a week. Everest a week. That's basically mad. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's not That's true sickening. Everesting, right? Because it's e-bikes, yeah. so you know you can slit slit it in half. But half generous. Okay, all right. Well, I tell you what. At the weekends, at the weekends, I do go out on my normal bike as well. Yeah. So you know, I am supplementing that half Everest. You know, four thousand four hundred and. Was it? 42. Yeah, whatever well, it is. <laughs> I bet eight, you're... 8848, isn't it? Eight, That's Everest. 8848, yeah. Nonetheless, your arms and hands will be shattered anyway to pieces with all yeah. that riding. These, so. these big bare oh paws. Oh my God, look at his calluses. Calloused up Ooh. to... Alex, it looks like you have warts. Mate, watch out. That's just for gripping. They'd be my gripping warts. Wow. I don't know why I did that accent. <laughs> Sorry, it didn't cause uh, offence to anyone, but... Tom, how are you? What are you up to at the minute? Um, I'm not riding Everest every week, uh, but I am riding bikes every week because, uh, like, I'll, I'm doing trail bike of the year, so my bikes don't have motors, so I'm not cheating. Um, <laughs> and uh, by the time this episode comes out, I should be about a week away from finishing writing the whole thing because I'm trying to get it done by the copy deadline, which would be a first, I think, in the history of bike of, of the Tom year. Marvin. Of Tom Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> and of bike of the year. Um uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so in about a week and a half's time, we'll be taking lots of photos and shooting some videos, um, and uh, there will be many, many thousands of words in Gary's inbox, hey. uh, ready to uh, work through along with the MBUK team. Um, so I'm mostly doing that right now. And as if yes, one physical challenge wasn't enough for you, Gary. You have bike of the year to look forward to. How how is your half marathon campaign going? Yeah, so I ran the Brighton half marathon this weekend. Um, expecting it to be wonderfully flat and benign but uh, I was running into a fierce headwind for for the last three miles uh, 
Hence my my very injured look today. My very <laughs> John Wayne. Sorry, demeanor. How you walking? Yeah, yeah. I'm the biggest <laughs> biggest cowboy in Eagle House. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So within within 48 days, I'll have run another two. I'm running the Cardiff Marathon, a uh, half marathon. I don't want to upgrade myself by mm-hmm. 13 miles, and the Western Burt House half marathon, all in aid of Action Aid. Um, see if I can raise a thousand pounds for them. That's the plan. God, so noble compared to the rest of yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, for me, at the minute, I'm riding gravel bikes sporadically in between, you know. Tandems. In between tandems. No, I'm not, my riding at the minute is quite limited. I'm not feeling hugely motivated by road riding at the minute. So mm. I'm quite enjoying just noodling around and gravel bikes off-road at slow speeds with low ambitions. I'm quite bored of the cold weather and the dark nights. Mm. But it's drawing out. had a lovely ride yesterday. How can I complain? It's light at the end of the tunnel. Quite literally. Now, Gary, obviously, it's quite important to understand... Um, maybe first and foremost, what you currently like about your mm-hmm. bike, which, as you mentioned, was a classic Viking, a fairly entry level road bike. You know, what wh- what is it that you like about the current bike? Uh, oh, sorry, just to interject there for anyone who's not seen a Viking Giro d'Italia bike, uh, it's definitely worth a Google um, to see the see the images. I'm just turning my computer around now so that Tom oh, and Gary okay. can see the pictures. Um, I'd go as far to say that it's not a looker. Mm. If, if aesthetics are your thing if aesthetics and they don't if, have to I just be I say if and yeah. aesthetics aren't everything yeah. no offence Gary we are slagging your bike off I know poor old Gary's just come yeah. in for a burning yeah, absolute session. rinsing here but <laughs> I mean you know even if you're in the market for a reasonably cheap bike I'm sure there are better looking ones well let's find out what do you like even if it's the Luke's Gary like <laughs> yeah. current bike Gary's yeah. not going to say oh I like how it looks <laughs> entirely the aesthetic and, and the paint job no, uh, I mean, I live in the, the fair city of Bristol, which, uh, while it's great for uh, craft beer and flat whites and such <laughs> hipster pursuits, uh, it is a very hilly place to live. Uh, and I like, you know, I like the fact that it's a light bike. Mm. I can I can zip in and out of the city. Um, it, it's not massively heavy. It's quite nippy. Um, and no one's going to steal it, which is important mm. when you live in it. It's very when, true. You know, when, you, when you live in a, a metropolis such as Bristol... It's important that no one steals your bike from the pub when you're supping your craft beer. So, um, <laughs> you know, my, it's important to say that my bar is pretty low. I haven't got a lot of points of comparison. I've not ridden a lot of bikes, mm. um, certainly in recent years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a relatively practical, lightweight bike that I, can, that I can ride around the city. And if you could change anything about the bike, what would you change about it to make it better for the riding that you like to do? I mean, I think it's fair to say that I'm not enormously comfortable with a with a drop bar road bike riding position. So I think, to be honest, I'd probably be happier on, on, on a hybrid or something like that. And it's it's not massively practical. At the moment, I'm riding it as an urban commuter. It's basically my get to work, get to the pub, go and see friends, that sort of thing. But I think I am I'm keen to have something that's a bit more practical that so my partner and I, another thing that we did like everybody else in lockdown, <laughs> we, we bought a uh, an old builder's van, a Volkswagen Caddy, and turned it into a mini camper. So we love taking weekends away on the coast, going down to the Jurassic Coast or Cornwall. So I want a bike that I can throw in the back of the van, and then when we're riding along coastal path or across farmer's fields, it doesn't throw me off because the, the mm. wheels are so so uh, puny that you know it, it can't handle a bit of mixed terrain. So I think something a bit more practical, but... I have a suspicion that I might be a bit of a weight weenie, as, uh, as I've come to learn the phrase. You quite like this phrase, don't you? So I, I love it. It's my my current favourite uh, bike phrase. 
Um, so I don't want to sacrifice too much of the weight advantages I've got from mm. my, my blessed old Giro d'Italia, whilst hopefully bringing in a bit more practicality for off-road. And the other thing is, I think I might be bikepacking slash touring curious. <laughs> I've been reading a great book called One Man and His Bike by a former Guardian journalist called Mike Carter. I've who... just finished that. All right, okay. Do you enjoy it? It's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. So basically, the premise is, for those who don't know about the book, is that... Uh, he was in a, in a bit of a rut with his career and his personal life. So he got on his bike one day, rode to the end of the street and thought, I'll just keep riding, head out of London to the sea and then ride the entirety of the UK coastline. And it's a little bit of a fire in me. And I think if I'm going to become any kind of cyclist beyond an urban commuter, mm. those little sort of away for the weekend with your bike and a tent, bikepacking style touring trips could be where my interest in cycling blossoms want to be more active this summer sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards tennis rackets to fishing tackle and if that doesn't float your boat we also have pool floats sierra let's get moving to your local store like now go Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, how how far in the book are you? Not very far no, at all. About, no spoilers. Uh, I'm I'm sort of uh, into the flat monotony of of the fens. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I literally yeah. I I I've, I've just I finished a book last night about um the, well it's a, it's a war history actually it's about mm-hmm. six on seven squadron the Dambusters and what they did after that. I'm not sure why I'm telling this, but the book before that was that very book. Okay. Um and it was a re- it's a really beautifully written really like heartwarming like. Mm-hmm. Sort of, mm-hmm. it just makes you want to. It made me want to go out and and ride a bike. Yeah, um, he's a great writer, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's a really it's a really cool challenge. Probably one that's a bit beyond my my ambitions currently. But I think he would have said that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of parallels. There are one man and his bike. Yeah. Yeah. I, recommended. I, I, I recommended top read. Well, bike radar. We will have one man on his new bike, and maybe that will inspire you to do similar, Gary. Now, hearing what you've heard already, you know, with the the decades of knowledge between the two of you. Where are you thinking Gary would be best served as a, we'll call it a discipline for now, you know, sort of an overarching discipline of bikes. What do you think, Alex? Well, I mean, Gary's asking a lot, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Gary, Gary uh, is greedy, greedy Gary. I think that's an important question. Because you, know? <laughs> you guys don't have this problem. You all have at least six bikes each, right? Uh, if so, not more, yeah. unfortunately, yes. So, so can all this be done on a single bike? Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe it's that's tricky. the first question. So, so in summary, you want, you're going to have to have like, Pannier, pannier mounts because you want to potentially maybe go bikepacking. Potentially, mm-hmm. yeah. um, So, you know, you need to be able to store your tent and all that kind of stuff. And that's also really handy for commuting to the office because mm-hmm. you've got your pannier racks and you've got your panniers and you can stick all your, your rubbish in there. 
Do all that stuff on your back if you can avoid it. At Absolutely all. not. Yeah. Um, I presume you're probably not going to want to get into full cycling kit to commute 15 minutes down the road. So no, if it's I, absolutely lashing down with rain, you're probably going to want mudguards. They are yeah. a life-changing thing. Mudguards are crazy good on a road bike. Wow, you really... I don't think anyone has ever oh my God. used the word crazy. <laughs> crazy oh, no, oh, my God. No, no, no. Going from no mudguards to mudguards is like... I mean, I quite literally wrote the buyer's guide with mudguards. I am a mudguard evangelist, but I, I would never describe them as crazy in there. But Crazy! <laughs> You're just a crazy guy, Alex. Crazy mudguards. Uh, and then you want it to be light. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also don't want it to... You know, it's, it's got to be comfy and um, it's got to be relatively cheap. So I see your budget's around a thousand pounds. So, you know, flipping neck. We've got a, we've got a got task got on our quite hands. Quite a task, we? yeah. Below me. I hadn't seen the budget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reassessing my suggestions. I mean, the budget's relatively flexible. Uh, I'm looking to take advantage of the cycle to work scheme so I can split it over a period of time. So, so between what, a grand and 10 grand? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, an upper limit. We're in, we're in them. I'm for back the in the game. Of, uh, <laughs> for the benefit of our international listeners, the cycle to work scheme is a UK administered scheme where you pay for your bike installments pre tax. So you save money over mm. time. Up to a third, roughly, on the RRP of a bike. Mm-hmm. Do you benefit there? Okay, okay. So, so you know, it, it seems to be like a, a, a bike to do everything. And, you know, as, as you suggested, a, a hybrid, you know, you don't like drop bars or you're not a fan at mm-hmm. the moment. So flat bars, okay, great. So that kind of opens up hybrid bikes. Um, at that budget, whether you're going to be able to find something light enough for a sprightly dash to your favourite craft beer purveyors <laughs> is uh, is maybe questionable. I don't know. I mean, I think Tom's chomping at the bit I... to suggest a genre of bicycle. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I I, I think that uh, Al is uh, not dumbing down, but beating down sort of the the, the possibilities here because I, I think it's going to be perfectly possible to find you a, mm. a bike. And um, we do call Tom Sunshine Marvin. <laughs> so, <laughs> ever the optimist. Always optimistic about these things. <laughs> I think one of the key things that we need to think about with you, we, Al's mentioned hybrids. Um, and that is obviously, I feel definitely the way to go. The other thing we want to be talking about is tires because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, talk, you had you got your um, Shawi Marathons on your current bike. God bless. God Best bless. Tires in they the- are a very good... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, depending on the casing and the, you know, all the, you know, there's so many variants, but they're a very good tire. You know, they're, they're sturdy. They've got reasonable grip. They don't roll too slow. Maybe a little bit sluggish. Maybe the, not the most supple. But I think we're gonna be looking at 700c wheels. So obviously the the, sort of the, the bigger wheels on a, on an urban bike with some nice wide-ish but not silly fat tires. So maybe something in the way of a, a 47c. Um, so for reference, a road bikes are often about 25 to 28, maybe up to about 30 or a 32 if you're going crazy, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. quite narrow. Obviously, a mountain bike comes with 2.2 to 2.6 inch tires, but a 47-ish C tire sits nicely in the middle. So you get a nice bit of comfort from there. It will roll well over sort of like slightly bumpy surfaces. It's not going to rattle you around and also offer a bit of puncture protection. Um, so that's what I would be looking at um, when we're looking at bikes is a nice, fairly slick, but high volume tire. Mm-hmm. You're talking a lot of sense, Tom. I think, you know, I think I'm going to say it. I'm going to put my cards on the table. I think you two are out of touch because I think Ooh. a £1,000 hybrid is, that's a fancy hybrid. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I think, yeah. yeah. I, I, right. think, I think Al slating the £1,000 bike. I mean, obviously, as I say, I've changed my suggestions from what I originally yeah. going to suggest. But a very quick Google has revealed other bikes that are available. But yeah, I, no. I think, but, you know, back in the day, 
when I, I mean, bear in mind, this was, what, six, seven years ago. You know, sort of a very, very entry-level hybrid, like a, a Ridgeback Velocity or something. They were roughly, at that time, four to £500, mm. depending on what you're getting. Obviously, prices have moved up a great deal then. But having a brief overview of the market with no spoilers right now, I think £1,000 is going to get you a nice, light aluminium hybrid with mm-hmm. decent wheels, hydraulic disc brakes, and a, and a sensible group set. I, I reckon... Yeah. I reckon we're going to do it. I think it goes without saying as well, disc brakes are, there's there's no question that it's going to be a disc brake bike. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yes, Gary, your current bike is a, uh, a older road bike with very, very narrow tires and, you know, older rim brakes. I think it'll blow your mind being mm. on a, a modern hybrid. So, Jack, have you, have you been first to lay your cards on the table then? You're going hybrid. I'm going to say hybrid. I do have one question for you, though, perhaps a, more of an emotional one than anything. <coughs> but would you ever consider an electric bike? Well, I feel as if uh, I'm going to preempt the the raising of the topic of electric bikes here with some with some concerns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, which we will address. Address. So, so allow vigorously. me to, allow me to voice my uh, possibly slightly prejudiced concerns mm-hmm. against the electric bike, and then you can attempt to shoot them down and convince me we that, shall. that that's where my future lies. So I'll list them all and then come at me. So first concern: uh, Is it cheating? No. I've I've <laughs> had this awakening into the world of cycling alongside my running and my rides are generally fairly short. By introducing assistance into the mix and by reducing the fitness benefits that I'm getting from my cycling. Second concern, is it going to be too heavy? Am, no. I, am I just going to grow to resent <laughs> lugging this thing around, trying to get it into the back of our van when we go on our trips away to the coast? Uh, so, yeah, concern number two, weight. Um and this this next one may be somewhat prejudiced uh, without justification, <laughs> but do electric bikes tend to come with more of a utilitarian aesthetic? If I'm buying one bike, which I'm going to invest all of my hard-earned cash into, I want to have an emotional connection with this bike. I want to grow to love it. It's going to accompany me on all these adventures. I want to look at that bike and think, wow, that's my bike. I'm so proud of it. Is an electric bike going to be too utilitarian i'm going to do a tom no (laughs) (laughs) okay good Uh, and finally my budget is relatively modest Mm. if so much of that budget is going into the motor and the battery am i sacrificing the quality that's going to exist in other areas of the bike when i could be investing all of that money into a really good quality hybrid bike Maybe. Not assisted. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give Gary a bit more context and we'll split these questions up and we'll start with you, Alex, because I know you're a big advocate of e-bikes. So is an e-bike cheating? Uh, an e-bike's not cheating, no. You could just turn it off if you really think that. Mm-hmm. Just ride your heavy bike around town mm-hmm. and stuff it. Take the battery off if you want a slightly lighter bike. Uh, generally, the motors, I mean, there's a small amount of resistance when they're not on, but it's not significant enough. Um, and I would say that for someone who's running regular half marathons, um, the 15-minute commute to work on an e-bike mm-hmm. is probably not going to present any discernible fitness advantages or disadvantages mm-hmm. over a normal bike. Um, so, you know, you're, uh, maybe if you're an entirely sedentary person, then that 15 minutes of exercise would have a significant effect. But because you're essentially an athlete, because you know, I've never mar- been called that before. I mean, in my forty-one years on this planet, a, a, half, a half marathon <laughs> is a is a major feat of physical prowess. Well, thank you. Um, so you know, I, I think I think that's maybe not something um, that you would need to consider. I think you need to look at bikes like this. Uh, I you know I've got a an electric hybrid, uh, and I used to get to and from work. 
15 minutes each way. Um, it's urban transport. Mm -hmm. It's not a fitness thing. Like it's not a, a sports thing. It's not about getting fit and fast and all that sort of stuff. It's about getting around places without sort of having to jump in a car mm -hmm. and without having to worry about you know oh I've got a load of shopping. It's going to be a pain in the ass getting it home or, or whatever it is. It's a, it's it's you can get into town. You can get back from town. You're not sweating. You don't have to wear special clothes. And if you want to sort of put some panniers on and and go to the shops on the way home, you can get up that hill home with all your week shopping. And it's it's just not a concern. It's it's utilitarian urban transport, and mm -hmm. I think motors are the way forward for those things. And and so suddenly your um you know your thousand pound hybrid bike that maybe weighs I don't know what's it going to weigh fourteen kilos. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then your your e bike's probably going to weigh between eighteen and twenty. Mm -hmm. But depending on the system. Depending on the system, but you know it's it's your your motor completely negates that and you can then load it up with cargo plus all of your mm. bike packing kit and all of your other mm -hmm. bits and bobs so we've possibly dispelled that it's cheating and that it will be too heavy <laughs> so that leaves uh, uh, i think it's worth sorry pointing out that the, the you know motors for e-bikes come in different forms mm -hmm. um now i know that al has an e-bike lined up to su suggest and there are other ones out there which come with like what would you what we would call in a mountain bike world, like a full fat motor. So a 500 plus watt hour battery um, with like a full powered Bosch or Shimano motor. And that will add some weight. So if you're talking about practicalities, you know, whether you're living in a flat or trying to lug your bike into a van, then yes, there is a, a weight element to that, which will make a difference. Mm -hmm. However, there is also plenty, well, there are numerous lighter weight systems out there. Um, Specialized have the SL range of uh, electric bikes, with which come with a smaller battery and a slightly lighter motor. There's also a company called Fazua, um, and their motors are installed and Panasonic. Um, and when we come to recommend some bikes, mm -hmm. um, so the, the one I was going to recommend, they say it's, it's about a three kilo weight difference, okay. which isn't a huge amount. There are drawbacks to that, of course. You tend not to get quite as much power, quite as much torque, and you have a smaller battery. But we will get on to that. You're doing your fitness there. <laughs> doing your fitness, but we'll, we'll get on to that. Yes. Okay, so my two other concerns, mm -hmm. the aesthetic and am I, did, am I devoting too much of my total budget to the fact that it's an electric bike? So aesthetically, the uglier it is, the less likely it's going to get nicked. <laughs> that is a bonus. That's what's known as a problematunity, Alex. <laughs> yes, it is. That's, does that look? I'm, I'm showing. Uh, I'm, I'm showing Gary a photo of a bike which looks to me like a bike. It's got a motor in it. I think she's no less of a looker than my current bike. There we go. Yeah, problematunity, <laughs> Gary. <laughs> I'm sorry, we need to revisit that. Problematunity is a very offensive word. That is just dreadful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, good work. Um, I mean, how much does it really, really matter to you if you did have a bike that was perhaps a bit uh, lumpen looking because it's maybe not as neatly integrated? Would it would it put you off riding or do you think it's an, a hurdle you could overcome? I think if I was fortunate enough that it was one of my, my stable of mm. luxuriant bikes that I could pick from depending on the occasion, it would be fine. Mm. If it's going to be my sole bike, I think it's I think I'd be lying if I said I don't care what it looks like. Mm -hmm. That's fair. No, yeah, I think no, that's 100%. absolutely fair. Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Otherwise, apart from the theft, the thefting, do you care about the looks of a bike? Does it? Um, oh, it's very tricky. I mean, if I was going to honest through my heart of heart answer, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'd go yes. But then the pragmatist in me is, if it does exactly what I want it to do mm. in the way that I want it to do it, mm -hmm. I don't care. Would you drive a Fiat Multipler? 
Oh yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're cool. They're man. cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The ones with the kind of lumpy <laughs> yeah, forehead. Yeah, like, the, the yeah. circular headlight ones before they had the facelift. Yeah, with the funny three seats in the front. They're cool. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, three seats in the front. Yeah, what a treat. And what was your final concern, Gary? Remind me. Yeah, my final concern was that if my budget is, and I think it's fair to say, is relatively modest. In buying an electric bike, am I devoting so much of a proportion of that total budget to the motor and battery that it will be less of a good bike in other areas than if I bought a pure hybrid non-assisted bike? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got me there. If, if you're looking at uh, equivalent prices, then yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you'd, you'd have to take into account if you were going to go for an electric option, you were going to have to up the budget to get an equivalent bike I think but it doesn't mean it. that like the the the, the entry-level <laughs> electric bikes are going to be worsely componented than an entry-level normal bike they've just got mm-hmm. a motor on so, so, so there's just the, money on top to put the question another way is a thousand pounds enough of a budget to get a good no hybrid electric bike you don't think so tom i i no i, I think i think the thousand pounds you would actually really struggle mm. i think that realistically yeah. What, what are you compromising on when you're spending a thousand pounds? You're going to be compromising on, I mean, on, on the face of it, it's, it's definitely going to work. You know, like we, we're not looking for like a, a a mountain bike to go and race an EWS on. Like we're looking for a bike to get around town and do a good job doing mm-hmm. that. You, you're going to comp- compromise on the longevity of the drivetrain, primarily, I'd say, and the the quality of the wheel set. Those are going to be the two key areas where over time you would probably start to notice the issues i think that you know entry level brakes are actually pretty good generally speaking the finishing kit you know bar stem realistically they don't really make that much difference um as long as you can hold on and you can sit down you'll be all right um but i think yeah the drivetrain will wear out a bit quicker mm-hmm. um and the wheels you know that they'll get baggier quicker and, and just not be as fancy the other thing i'd be really careful of is making sure that any tires you got were going to be up to the job as well mm. So what should I be spending to get a good all-purpose hybrid commuter electric bike? I I mean, the ones I, that I personally would have, were, would suggest mm-hmm. or would suggest looking at come in the forms of, you know, not necessarily the exact bikes, but Ribble have um, a range of hybrid um, aluminium bikes, and that's with that three kilo Panasonic battery and uh, whatever the motor is. I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head. Um, you know, Ribble do offer like good value for money bikes. Um, they're well thought out, they're well designed, and uh, they don't look like, you know, odd bikes. Um, they come with plenty of options. Um, so that's a good start. And obviously, the likes of um, Specialized have uh, Turbo Vaders, but they're, they're a step up again. You're looking at about three grand. Um, upwards so though you know the specialized is a bit more expensive i i, I would have a nose at um ribble if you were going to go down mm-hmm. that line um it shouldn't be too much heavier they do come with plenty of good stuff but it is worth noting if you if you don't want to stray away from the motors then they're um, regular um bikes you get actually really quite a lot for the money um i'm just looking at there now um, the ribbed ribble hybrid al mm. um comes pretty stacked for a thousand pounds you get a great looking bike at least on the, on the face of it racks mug guards one by drivetrain reasonable tires tom are you are you in the process of talking yourself out of your initial no 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 I, I, I stand by i stand by you know if, if if one can get you know like i think if you're talking about urban transport getting around town um and going for, you know just some nice pleasant rides and there isn't like the real physical aspect of trying to get strong and fit and fast mm-hmm. i i would stand by putting a motor on 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 an urban bike 100%. Okay. 
Alex Evans. So, um, without spoiler spoiler alert, uh, I think the Carrera Subway E men's hybrid bike is spot on for your needs, bar its looks and uh, <laughs> weight. Uh, no, it's weight. Uh, approximate weight is 18 kilos. So it's a claimed weight, which I presume is probably for the smallest size. Um, you're quite tall, Gary. So, you know, your bike's going to be a little bit heavier than that. Mm-hmm. Maybe an empty battery as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, they're, when they're discharged, they are lighter. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Um, but basically, the bike has pannier mounts. It has hydraulic disc brakes. It has mudguard mounts. Um, and it has a 250 watt motor. So that mm-hmm. would be peak power. And it has a two, 317 watt hour battery, I believe. Yes, 317 watt hour battery, which Halford says gives them a claimed 40 mile range. Okay. Um, and it costs £1,099. Um, it has a Shimano nine speed Altus drivetrain. So while that's not the fanciest, because it's nine speed, the chain's going to be thicker. The spacing, you know, the cassette teeth are going to be thicker as well. So it's not like a modern day 11 or 12 speed drivetrain where you have reliability issues because everything's got thinner and tolerances have got finer. So longevity wise, it's probably going to last pretty well. It's got Kenda K841 reflective tires. I know absolutely nothing about them, Um, but they're built on, they're sorry, attached to 27.5 inch wheels. So that's kind of not what Tom was saying earlier where you go for 29 inch wheels. This is kind of a, a, a true mountain biker style hybrid. It's it's more mm-hmm. mountain bike than it is road bike. Yeah, it doesn't look amazing, you know, but it it's it ticks all your boxes. It's only ninety nine pounds over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the option to put panniers on, and you know, it's got a reasonable range. And I don't think anyone's going to nick that. I mean, you make a compelling argument there. Other than some possible concerns over the weight and the aesthetic, you've kind of hit everything else, and the price is good, Jack. Tell me why I should be going for a non-assisted hybrid instead, if indeed that is your, I suspect that is where your cards lie. It is. I'm putting myself in my position of prejudice and thinking about, I'm, I'm, I'm Gary Walker for a day, I've loaded up my Volkswagen Caddy and I'm going to the coast. You know, that sort of aspirational, um, adventure riding. Personally, I wouldn't get the same satisfaction riding on an e-bike as I would on a regular bike. You know, that's just me and the kind of riding I like to do. And I think looking at a thousand pound budget, which is you know fairly generous in a hybrid, you can really, really get quite a lot of bike for your money in terms of accessories in addition to the bike. And the accessory side of thing, as Alex mentioned, mudguards are crazy, man. Yeah, but you know, bogus. <laughs> looking elsewhere at things like lights, pannier racks, once you add all that in, you could quite easily see yourself going over a thousand pounds. However... There's a sort of, I would say, a burgeoning category of bikes from the big manufacturers, so your Trex, your Canons, your Specialized, which include all of those accessories as part of the price. And for me, I think it's probably a toss-up between the fabulously named Trek FX 3-disc equipped or possibly a Canyon commuter. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being, I think both are quite good-looking bikes. The Canyon is very futuristic-looking for a, a hybrid, but the Trek maybe just slightly wins out as a more classically styled hybrid with all the uh, the accessories and gubbins attached from the off. And that is only £975. I'll show you, Gary. What do you think? I think that's a very attractive bike, Jack. There you I go. Think, uh, yeah, and the price is good. You know, I, there's, there's many, many bikes along those lines. Most of the big manufacturers will offer some kind of um, hybrid along similar lines. But I think 
this is one of the places where you do tend to get good value for money mm. with the mainstream manufacturers. They can buy, you know, I imagine they sell tens of thousands of these and they probably could bring the price down considerably as a result. So that'd be my pick. I mean, you could, just sorry. Do, sorry, just do a little thought experiment here, and you, you know you've just you've just rocked up at, at on the Jurassic Coast. Um, uh, what's it called? Sandy Head, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, Golden, whatever it's called, Golden Cap. I can't remember what it's Golden called. Cap. You should know this. You're part yeah, of the I know world. from there. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Uh, and you know you've got to go down to Bridport or whatever, which is at the bottom of the hill. Your campsite's at the top, and it's absolutely lashing down with rain, and there's a massive headwind, and you've got to go west because that's mm-hmm. where the town is <laughs> to get your cereal and your milk that you forgot to pack in your Volkswagen caddy because you're in such a rush to leave the Bristol metropolis um and you know you're there on your you're there on your Trek FX3 disc equipped and you've got a headwind going down the hill and you're getting absolutely covered and you're getting sweaty and you're stressed out and you get there and you put your milk this in This doesn't your... sound like a holiday at all. It sounds <laughs> awful. This, this is every adventurous holiday that, you know, in the ever UK. Been on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're at the bottom of the hill and you're you're in Bridport and um and, and you put your milk in your panniers and you've got 15 kilos of milk or whatever it is that you athletes drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've got to lug it. <laughs> you know, pr- protein for protein for your gains from your training and stuff. Um, anyway, and you've got to go back up the hill to the top of um, Sandy Head or Beachy Cap or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Uh, someone can correct me in Google. And uh, oh no, there's a 500 meter ascent back to the top where the caddy van's parked. And my wife's up there, or my partner. I'm not sure if you're married or not. Um, I have a partner, but we're not. We're not as yet married. No. Okay, so you know your partner's up there, and um, they're looking at their watch and they're thinking, "God, blimey, Gary's been ages." Do you know why? Because he's not on an e-bike and he's stuck climbing up that hill with 15 kilos of milk. <laughs> what do you reckon, Gary? Where, where is that making you lean? I, I feel like you're not going to let this go, Alex. I think you've you've got the uh, the e-bike bit between your teeth here. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm chomping at it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a compelling argument. It's it's hard to look past the the practical applications. Given you drink uh, so much milk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for milk, substitute craft beer. Yeah. You know, if I'm trying to get to Pursuit of Hoppiness in Bridport for my, my hazy pale. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with, with the practicalities. I mean, slight fly in the ointment is that Becky, my partner, doesn't have an e-bike. She has a regular non-assisted bike. Mm. So, I mean, she just took the caddy down the hill. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 She's, she's the support vehicle in this in this strange situation with the uh, with the the two forty volt uh, transformer plugged into the cigarette lighter to keep you keep your battery juiced up, juiced up while you're pedaling, yeah. yeah. tethered. Yeah. What do you think then, Gary? Where where are you leaning? You know, but, put aside our outrageous scenarios. What's going to make you happiest? I feel like there's a real heart versus head mm. argument going on here. I think it's hard to look past the practical applications of of the electric bike, but I wonder whether from some of the examples that I've that I've assessed and considered myself riding, just could I ever learn to love it? Would mm. I would I ever look at that bike and think, yeah, that's that's my bike. Mm. And to be fair, the Trek FX3 disc equipped, well, well ugly in name, uh, visually it's quite an attractive looking bike. Um, I think the Ribble Hybrid AL Leisure fully loaded edition that I've got on my computer screen is better looking. Comes in at one one nine nine. I think that's, um, that's a, that's a, a very fine, smart. That is a looking fine looking bike. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tanwall yeah. tires. You got your Tanwall WTB Byway forty seven C. Oh yeah, tires on some Mavic uh, Axiom. 
wheels. Right, uh, do, you, do you want to just pick some of those brand names up, or you got a few more to drop? Because <laughs> with good brakes, uh, Tom's servicing his commercial partners. Yeah. <laughs> comes with a pannier rack built on. Got lights. You've got a bell. Mm. Um, it's it's the full package. I love I love the look of that bike, Tom. That that feels like if I could draw a picture of my my bike, your that, ideal that bike would is be that. It. I suppose, Jack, you're someone who's done a whole lot of touring and bike packing. The the hybrid bikes that you've suggested, mm-hmm. if I were to buy one of those, if any, what what modifications would I need to make in order to to service those ambitions for for longer bike packing trips? Strap as many bags to your bike as possible because yeah, that's what you do when you bike Get lots of packing. followers on Instagram before you go. No, I would say very little, particularly looking okay. at this, this hybrid, uh, sorry, this Ribble that Tom's got. You know, good fat tires there. They will be perfectly comfortable on sort of uh, rougher tracks. I think something like the Trek, realistically, is going to have slightly narrower tires. You, it won't be tubeless. You won't be able to run the tires at quite soft pressures. But realistically, for most riding in the UK, that would be absolutely sufficient. And I think... Yeah, if you want to go do some mad ultra endurance thing and ride around the coast of Britain, perhaps you would want something a bit more sprightly. But for most people, this would be the bike I'd be recommending. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's hard to look beyond those. And I mean, there's a lot of thinking to do. I think, you know, I'm not going to part with a thousand pounds that readily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, we're cracking out the bike radar credit card, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, heard, heard tell of this, this storied Long-term okay, yeah. long-term reviews, possibly, on the horizon for you, Gary. Well, with your unique perspective you'll bring to it. That is a tantalising prospect. And suddenly, my £1,000 budget may become more flexible. Yeah, we'll see. Um, as a, just a thought experiment, if you were kind of leaving aside the, uh, the leisure side of things and it was purely a commuting machine, do you think then you could be tickled by a, an e-bike? Purely for commuting? I mean, I think my commute is, is so short that... I, I don't see the need to mm-hmm. to sink so much of my budget into an electric bike mm-hmm. when it doesn't take an enormously fit athlete to be able to handle a, a six mile round commute mm-hmm. every day. You know that's that's pretty achievable for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bristol is hilly, and that is where where an electric bike comes into its own, I guess. But I mean, if I can currently, if I can already fairly comfortably manage my commute on it's fair to say not the world's greatest bike mm-hmm. or most modern bike, then it's hard to make a convincing argument to spend so much of my budget on an electric bike. Very fair. No, absolutely fair. Of course, you know, for those who are getting into cycling or do want that sort of load carrying capacity, we'd always recommend an e-bike, but it is the kind of big caveat that people forget is you do have to spend quite a lot of money to get a really good one. Mm. Then again, we're all quite happy to spend lots of money on cars and this is the uh it's an offsetting thing i guess isn't it in terms of costs just go elsewhere rather than increase mm. any final thoughts from the tech team the consultants uh i i think tom wins with that suggestion i think that's an awesome looking bike the ribble hybrid al leisure fully loaded edition what it's, a name as well it's worth noting that they do do the hybrid al commuter shimano 1.0 at 799 which comes with the rack uh, and uh uh, mudguards and a two by Shimano drivetrain. We also do the hybrid AL commuter SRAM 2.0, which comes with your rack, with your fenders, with a nice tan wall saddle. Um, <laughs> and a. Uh... <laughs> I, think that, I think the word you're looking for there is brown. brown. <laughs> it's a brown saddle. Um, and a fairly wide ranging Shimano. So there are, there are, 
easily sub thousand pound options, um, which look equally lovely um, and come with. Because I think if you are going to commute, you you have to have mud guards like, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. rack is really really useful. So that that's where I'll be looking. What, what sort of weight are those, Tom? Uh, they're going to be coming in at around 13, 14 kilos. They're not super, super light, I wouldn't have thought. But um, let me just see if their webpage has a claimed weight. Probably not a million miles from the weight of my existing bike. I wouldn't say it's going to be disastrous. And I think that like the how nice it will, or nice it could in theory, because I've not tried it, ride. I, I, I think it'd be worth whatever weight it has. It's not going to be super, super lightweight, but it's not going to be an absolute tank. It's an alloy frame as well, which helps. I think we've got a winner. Lovely. Well, if you do want to see Gary's famed Viking, then we will have a plug for this uh, podcast on the Bike Radar website. He is a cracker. He has just cleaned his chain, which is a shame. I was really, I was hoping <laughs> we were going to get to photograph your fossilized drivetrain. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Simon's chastising pushed you to clean it. But chain shaming. Chain shaming. Yeah, he basically <laughs> told me that there was... A, a stronger than 50% chance that I would die on my next ride to work if I didn't take action. So I was shamed into a trip to Harvard. Because the chain police were going to come after you. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Simon yeah. Rom's going to hunt you down. Yeah. Uh, Gary, thank you very, very much for coming on it's the podcast. It was a treat to have you on. Alex and Tom, thank you for your sage advice. I'm sure Gary knows much, much more about his uh, cycling future than he did before he joined. And thank you for listening. If you think we deserve a five-star rating, which I'm sure you do, please give it to us wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.